welcome to the Rediscovery Podcast. I'm your host, Bernice. I make this podcast to celebrate the journey of discovery and learning, and to share the stories of those who we can all be learning from. Today, I get to share a conversation with Jocelyn Hampshire. Jocelyn and her husband founded Toward the Goal Ministries, a faith-based nonprofit right here in Sugar Creek, Ohio. Toward the Goal aims to love God by loving people, by offering coaching, mentoring, and servant leadership training, as well as by partnering with the community to educate around the issue of human trafficking that's occurring right here. As the executive director of Toward the Goal Ministries, Jocelyn serves as a servant leadership coach and a mentor with certifications in life coaching, biblical counseling, and DISC test consulting. Whether coaching leaders, working with teams, or mentoring younger women, she loves watching people grow and believes in what God can do through the impact of relationship and intentionality. Jocelyn came onto the podcast because we wanted to equip and empower our community to understand the real dangers around human trafficking. Over the past weeks and months, we've seen the conversation explode from the viral hashtag Save Our Children to the accusations that Wayfair, an online home decor store, was trafficking young women and children. I hope this conversation challenges the way that you think about trafficking and helps you realize that this is an issue right here. If this is your first time tuning into the Rediscovery Podcast, welcome. We're so glad to have you with us. If you enjoy this interview with Jocelyn, can you share it with a friend who you think might benefit from hearing what she shared with us? I'm so looking forward to journeying with you as we continue to rediscover life with Christ together. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Jocelyn. sitting down with me today. Uh, I'm so excited to be here with you getting to have this conversation, but uh, before we really get into it, do you mind just introducing yourself? Absolutely. Well, thank you first of all, Bernice, for inviting me. It's, it's fun to do this and uh, fun to talk with you. So uh, my name is Jocelyn Hampshire, and I am the director here at Toward the Goal Ministries. Uh, we're located in Sugar Creek. We are a uh, faith-based nonprofit. Um, basically, our desire and our heart is to walk alongside people. Uh, we just want to intentionally invest in people's lives, and we do that through coaching and through mentoring and then through ther- servant leadership development. Um, so we go into, we serve a variety of people. We go into different companies, and we'll do some character development kinds of things, some servant leadership kinds of initiatives, classes, um, personality uh, and uh, assessments, that kind of thing. Just anything for uh, to continue to grow and empower and equip leaders um, and to lead as Jesus led um, with servant leadership. That's one thing we have, we're always um, wanting to strive for and do um, in our own lives. Um, so we do that. Uh, we also do a lot of um, just coaching with personal growth and development, so it can entail um, just growing in our faith um, and walking alongside people with that, encouraging others as we grow together. Um, again, we just want to all walk together toward the goal um, from, from Philippians 3.14. So, um, so we do a lot of the coaching, and that includes the servant leadership stuff. So we'll, we'll meet in coffee shops with people, um, whether that be leaders, community people, um, and then we also do a lot of mentoring, and so that is has been a real passion of mine for years. 
Um, and that came out of just not having a mentor when, as, a, as a teen when I should have had a mentor. Um, but that has just been, as I got older, I had my first mentor when I was 29. Um, and she was a lady 20 years older than myself. And so that has just been a real passion of mine um, to be able to get that message out to people that there's always someone um, to intentionally invest in. Whether we're further ahead in this race, um, or whether we're behind, we can always invite people in to to um, invest in our lives and ask questions and things like that. So we got into mentoring um, in the community um, and in the church. That was that was a big message. Um, but as we got into human trafficking, um, that comes under our mentoring umbrella. As we got into human trafficking, it was really cool. Um, I felt like I was saying, you gotta get in the schools. You gotta get in the schools. And that's that's what I could resonate with because coming from a broken home and a lot of trauma in my own childhood, I knew that there was a lot of kids uh, in our schools, in our community who were hurting. And so we started to train community members. Um, we're in two schools now and the local group home, girls group home. Uh, and so we wanna export that model, but um, to other schools that want it, um, but that's where we wanted to start in our own backyard. Yeah. And so train community members um, to, to invest in their, their youth from their schools. Um, so we do that. So that's been really cool. Um, and then also match mentors with uh, girls from the group home who've been through significant trauma. Right. Um, so that's kind of what we do. And then there's more uh, with human trafficking as well. So. Um, yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk about that we'll too. We'll talk about the that. Of this yes. conversation. Yes. So, yes. Uh, and actually, that's part of the reason I wanted to to sit down and talk with you, Jocelyn. Is there's been a lot of conversation in the social media world mm -hmm. over the past number of weeks, mm -hmm. um, just about human trafficking, mm -hmm. and I think that there's maybe a distorted view of what that is and who's at risk of mm -hmm. being trafficked and mm -hmm. who is doing the trafficking. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wanted to sit down with you and and. I am by no means an expert, mm -hmm. um, but you are someone who's in our community, you know, really identifying, okay, who's at risk and how can we help them and how can we stop this cycle of abuse before it starts? Mm -hmm. um, and so I really wanted to just come on here. So I, I guess even before we get into what it looks like in mm -hmm. our community, can you just define what human trafficking is sure. for us? Sure. To put it simply, human trafficking is modern day slavery. It is someone profiting from stealing someone else's freedom. So a lot of times there's different types of trafficking, but the ones we hear about the most are sex trafficking and labor trafficking. You've probably heard those of, of those. So sex trafficking is basically when someone is compelled um, to perform a sex act, a commercial sex act. Um, that they're pushed in by force, fraud, or coercion. So they've been lied to, They've been physically forced, they've been manipulated, they've been threatened. Um, and of course, this happens to children who are minors who are victims. You don't need to prove force, fraud, or coercion in those cases. Right. Um, so, but yeah, so that's sex trafficking, labor trafficking. It's, it's the same as far as being compelled, forcing someone to work for little to nothing. Um, they're afraid to leave. Um, there's a lot of dynamics surrounding that. Um, but that's what it is. So they're um, people that are labor trafficked. Um, they're working long hours um, for little to no pay. Um, they've had documents taken from them. They can't leave. If they leave, they know they'll be 
horrendous consequences. Um, so things like, so that's, that's, it's being compelled to work or to perform sex acts yeah. um, by force, fraud, or coercion. Yeah, and I think it's difficult for us to kind of reconcile. Like, we have this idea of slavery as this past tense thing mm -hmm. that slavery happened. Mm -hmm. Like, back in the 1800s, back in the 1700s, 1600s, yeah, slavery happened. Um, and we have this picture of what slavery is, mm -hmm. that it is the, the abuse and the, like, forced labor and, mm -hmm. and, like, all of these things. But when we're talking about it in our context, mm -hmm. you know, modern day Ohio, mm -hmm. we often think about the slavery that African Americans were, mm -hmm. um, were held under mm -hmm. for many, many years mm -hmm. uh, in our early American history. Mm -hmm. And we don't think about slavery as something that's still happening. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, maybe even some of us do realize, oh yeah, modern day slavery, we've heard that phrase. Mm -hmm. But then we think that's happening in Cambodia. That's happening in Thailand. Mm -hmm. That's happening in India and Nepal. That's happening there mm -hmm. and not here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you said mm -hmm. yeah. you're in the schools here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We mentor in the schools here, um, but we see it in our community. We see it in our county. Now, I cannot speak for Holmes County. Um, we became a partner of Tusk Against Trafficking um, back in 2016. Um, I had started into the human trafficking um, area and realm and ministry back in 2015 and so but that was really cool we got we got invited um, to be part of grassroots efforts in in 16 with Tusk Against Trafficking um, so what I can comment on is is our work in Tusk County and, and what we've seen in Tusk County um, but yeah it is here it's in all 50 states yep. um, it's in Ohio Ohio according to different um, research statistics we're either fourth or fifth depending on what you read in um, human trafficking hotline calls. So we're up there um, in the nation. Um, so it is happening here. Um, Ohio is perfect for it, um, just with the agricultural centers and then of course the urban uh, areas we have. But yeah, there's, um, I could go on, 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 on and on about Ohio, but yes, it is happening in Tusk County. So what does that look like in Tusk County? That's right here. That's our it community is. in our backyard, you know? What does it that is. look like? Um, it looks like it can happen, or it can look like, I'll say this, um, it can look like kids being trafficked by their parents, um, people who are have a, have a substance addiction, um, who need the money to continue that and, and will, will sell their children, that, that's what it can look like. Mm -hmm. um, it can look like women um, who maybe are um, invited to pursue a modeling career. It can look like one thing and be something else completely. Um, it can be teens um, who are what we call boyfriended. Um, and it can be girls and boys. There's no one set. I mean, girls, are, girls and women are predominantly the victims that we see, but human trafficking can happen to men and boys as well. Um, but it can happen through boyfriending and, um, you know, an older boyfriend uh, comes into the picture and what we can call grooming. Um, mm -hmm. This grooming process takes place, which I think is really important for parents to understand and caregivers to understand, is that it's not just the abductions that you hear so much about. Um, that's really an important fact. Um, it's, that can happen, but that is rare. 
and it's more this grooming process that takes place. So an older person comes into to the, this teen's life or um, an individual's life and um, begins that process of... Yeah. And it doesn't kind of, look unnecessarily sinister. You know, it looks no, like someone who's no, very no. doting, <laughs> who's very supportive, yes. who's very caring, who's very mm-hmm. validating yes, to this absolutely. this person to maybe mm-hmm. recognize where they struggle with self-esteem and right. just really say, oh, no, you're beautiful, right. intelligent, caring, uh, and, like, using, like, maybe what would be sure. applied to a woman. Like, right. or you are intelligent, you're mm-hmm. creative, and... And kind of taking these people in and building these mm-hmm. codependent relationships. Well, and traffickers look for vulnerabilities. So when they see those vulnerabilities, they come in and provide the need. And so that's exactly what you're saying. So yeah, if you've got um, girls, boys on social media who are, I'm so depressed, I hate my family, my family hates me, you know. Um, and you've got predators online all the time, and that's a whole nother can of worms but that we can talk about. But... Um, yeah, so it can look like that, that whole befriending and gaining trust and, um, yeah, and luring people in that way. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you talk about, I mean, anybody is, um, can be trafficked, mm-hmm. but if you're looking for those people, like, who are at increased risk? Um, who is vulnerable? Um, we know that um, it can be those kids that we just talked about. Those kids that have low self-esteem or don't have a whole lot of connected and stable uh, and supportive relationships in their life. Um, it can be kids in the foster care system, kids that um, maybe um, are in the juvenile justice system, um, runaways um, who had, can be picked up and obviously are very vulnerable to traffickers once they run. Um, we've got kids who've been having childhood or history of childhood sexual abuse um, are vulnerable. Um, so yeah, it can be um, can be a lot of different people. We have unaccompanied minors, and this is something that, that we don't talk a whole lot about, um, that you don't hear a whole lot about with the labor trafficking. But Tuscarawas County, um, we have a county, the third highest county in the state, that has had unaccompanied minors come and be placed um, by the Office of Refugee Resettlement. And so what can happen is, as minors come across from you know the border from Guatemala um, they are placed with sponsors Um, and so sometimes these sponsors aren't vetted very well or there's lack of information Um, but that's a real issue because then these kids are placed with sponsors and and they say they're family or but we don't really know and so that's a real concern Um, so it can look like students working a lot of hours going to school and working um, 12 hours and having to keep that um, that lifestyle who are exhausted and trying to pay off debts and so it can look like a lot of different things um, but that's that's some of the things that can can happen here in Tusk County yeah yeah and I think it can be difficult um, for people to make that realization mm-hmm. that you know maybe it's not actually that my child is at risk of being abducted mm-hmm. I think that a lot of the people who maybe are listening to this podcast are you know, in church communities, mm-hmm. you know, they are often in a stable family unit or they are raising their children in a stable family mm-hmm. unit. And a lot of the social media energy around human trafficking over the past couple of weeks has been fueled by this fear that anyone could come and take my kid. Right. And I think the reality is much more sinister. Mm-hmm. 
but it's also easier to ignore mm. because most of the people who are listening to this podcast are not at risk of being trafficked themselves mm -hmm. and don't necessarily see anyone in their family as being at risk of being mm -hmm. trafficked mm -hmm. or at being, of being at increased risk mm -hmm. of being trafficked. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't become as simple as save my child, save our children. It's a community thing. It's people in your community that you don't know. But it's interesting, Bernice, that you bring that up because a lot of our kids, I mean, it can happen to kids in our churches and it can happen to kids in our schools. And so I think that's what's what can be so deceptive about the whole thing. So that's why I want people to be aware of what to look for and to realize this can happen to anybody. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are those that are higher at, at increased risk, but it's happened in churches. And so that's where, again, where we have to go, okay, when we've got um, some red flags and we've got people that are older and are befriending and are building relationships and our families get all excited uh, because, oh, isn't he or isn't she so nice? And mm -hmm. um, that's why we have to know what a safe relationship is, what a healthy relationship is, um, because, yeah, tactics can be really... Uh, smooth, really manipulative, yeah. and so it can happen right under our noses, right. um, in our homes, in our in our neighborhoods, and so that's we just have to be aware. It's not to scare anybody; it's just to be aware, so we know what to look for, so we know um, that what you know with our friends or with our kids that are bringing friends home too, like invest in their lives and and just mm -hmm. kind of pay attention. So. Yeah, and especially in our community where we put a lot of value um, culturally on what some churches call discipleship and some mm -hmm. churches call mentoring. Mm -hmm. Like we have these, you know, the system of relationships where there's often someone who's older mm -hmm. and someone who's younger. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying those relationships are mm -hmm. wrong. Right. Like those are relationships we see are beneficial. Right. Um, but knowing that being able to tell the difference mm -hmm. between a healthy relationship and an unhealthy relationship is really important. And Absolutely. teaching your children to do the same. Absolutely. And that's, that's huge. Because, again, the same tactics, well, uh, uh, what we mean as, you know, a great, supportive, connected relationship, caring relationship, healthy relationship, um, traffickers are going to mimic but that's why we have to know the difference and we have to teach our kids the difference mm -hmm. between healthy and unhealthy, safe and unsafe. Well, and it's really difficult too in this age of social media where there's this like young men and women are groomed to compare. Mm -hmm. Like there's this like ideal image, an ideal like social persona that, you know, women and young men are, are aspiring to be a certain way mm -hmm. and like there's all this. Children are very easily targeted through social media. Mm -hmm. um, if their accounts mm -hmm. are not private, or even if they are, mm -hmm. you know, you can mm -hmm. still have people sending messages saying right. like, "Wow, you're so beautiful," right. and who doesn't want to hear that? Right. You know, right. who is not susceptible mm -hmm. to just someone being charming and kind? Right. And everybody wants to hear a compliment, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But it, we just have to know. Okay, this is a little bit over the top <laughs> you know and so that's where we're and it's when we know the red flags and we know how the grooming can take place we become much more aware and alert to that kind of thing
So what are the things that someone in our community can do to help? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> There's a lot. Um, first and foremost, I would say awareness. And that's just what this is. Um, but learn more. Learn more about trafficking, human trafficking in our area. Invite um, toward the goal. Would love to come out to your, your church, your youth group, um, even a small mom's group or parents group. We would love to do that. Um, invite us out. We'd love to share with you. We have um, something on online safety as well as the Human Trafficking 101. Um, just to answer any questions. Um, invite Tusk Against Trafficking. That's another, I mean, our organization come out and share that's in a professional organization or in churches or anywhere. So there's multiple groups that are available to do that. Um, talk to your kids. That's huge. Um, even you know, from little on up, just age-appropriate conversations about safe relationships, healthy relationships, um, and as they get a little older, um, you know, bringing in more about the human trafficking and things like that. Um, but we need to normalize conversations. Uh, we need to talk about stuff um, in our churches and in our homes um, so that, you know, we talk about pornography. Pornography uh, fuels trafficking. It's one thing that um, a lot of us can struggle with. And so we know that within the church alone, 70% of men regularly view pornography. That doesn't even include the women. That percentage is growing by leaps right. and bounds. And so I think when we talk, we start normalizing these conversations in the church yeah. and saying, okay, you know, this is an issue. Um, let's talk about it. You know, let's let's bring in um, biblical conversations on on sexuality, even junior high, high school. Let's start talking about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Normalizing yes. it. And so, so when that little nine-year-old accidentally sees a pornographic image, you know, wasn't looking for it, right? But that pops up or something. That little one can go to mom and dad because mom and dad have said, hey. Here's a book on, you know, bad pictures, good pictures, and this is what, you know, you might see. And so now they know I can go talk to mom and dad. It's right. safe, right? right? It doesn't this have normal. to be yeah. shameful. Exactly. This is a normal conversation. They told me about mm -hmm. this. Whereas if a little one doesn't have that conversation, there's no frame of reference, there's going to be shame. Mm -hmm. And so I got to keep this a secret. It just, seeing that stuff makes us feel shameful. That's just an automatic reaction. And so, like, I wasn't supposed to see that. Exactly. There's something wrong with this. It yes. feels off, right? Yes. And so, so if they don't talk about it, then that begins to really, you know, um, become shameful and, and secretive. So I think there's so much we can do, even in our own homes. There's a great resource, um, fightthenewdrug.org. Absolutely. Have you heard of yes. them? Um, and they do a beautiful job with just all the resources, but they have a great blueprint online, if you've seen that, that talks about how to talk about different people, how to talk about pornography with different people in your life, and your kids is one of them. And so they take you through it. I think it's so phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but just, again, age-appropriate conversations. Um, but we need to start talking about this mm -hmm. stuff. And we need to use this phrase, normalize these conversations, mm -hmm. because when we, when we, we don't. We don't talk about sex. Right. We don't talk about pornography. Right. We don't talk about these things in our churches, in our like family conversations. It's just not culture culturally acceptable, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, we do need to normalize it because mm -hmm. when we take away the taboo, you know, we actually give our kids the space that they need to be able mm -hmm. to talk to us about Absolutely. it. Because whether we want 
them to or not, mm -hmm. they will be exposed to yes, pornography. They will. Um, yeah. Whether it's in their school, mm -hmm. whether it's on the internet, whether it's through, like, I mean, have you ever seen a perfume commercial mm -hmm. on TV? Mm -hmm. Like, they are yeah. very sensual. Mm -hmm. And, like, our kids need to say, like, they need to have the room and the space to mm -hmm. say, that made me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about right. this? Can, why is this making me feel uncomfortable? Or mm -hmm. oh, what? what is the purpose? Why am I seeing this? Mm -hmm. You know, when we don't have the space for those conversations in our families mm -hmm. or with our youth groups or with our friends, they're going to go to resources we don't want them to go to. Right. They're going to Google. They're going to mm -hmm. get on like, okay, I'm going to date myself here. <laughs> But I don't think chat boards are still a thing. <laughs> but they're going to go online and they're mm -hmm. going to have these conversations with people they may not know very well or that we don't want them right. to know very well. Right. And they're, you know, that's a vulnerability. Right. And so when we just leave our kids in that vulnerable place because we're a little too uncomfortable to have mm -hmm. conversations about pornography, mm -hmm. that's not okay. Right. Right, they're gonna go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. someone so, else is gonna talk to yes. them. So, if, yeah. if we're not, mm -hmm. you know, right. someone will. And right. that's true whether it's your biological children, your nieces, your nephews, mm -hmm. your friends' kids. Mm -hmm. Like, we can be a safe adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whether or not, you know, that we are that child's parent, maybe we're their mentor mm -hmm. and they need to have that safe conversation with us. Mm -hmm. Like, Absolutely. that's important. Absolutely. And that's another thing we're talking about what else can we do? Um, mentor. <laughs> we can intentionally invest in people's lives in it and model safety what you said be a safe individual model what healthy looks like um, you know honoring people's I mean no and, and and honoring that and healthy boundaries appropriate boundaries um, just respecting each other and just teaching them what is healthy and what's not so I think that is uh, mentoring is huge um, whether that be in a program, a formalized program, or whether that just be organically in your own life, your nieces and nephews you mentioned, um, people that just, even a younger mom at church mm -hmm. or in the neighborhood, whatever, just or a single mom, single dad, whatever, just someone that's a little further behind you in, in this faith journey, just reach out and have a cup of coffee, invite them to coffee, um, just be available, yeah. you know? And mentoring isn't, becoming their Bible teacher. No. Like, you're not their pastor. You're not their right. spiritual authority. You're not their leader. You're right. their friend. Right, right. And you want to be with mm -hmm. them. You want to encourage them. You right. want to love them. Right. But you're not, it's not like you're their mom all well, of a sudden. And that's the thing, too. I think some people get really scared when you say mentor <laughs> because it's like, I don't know everything. You're right. None of us do. Right. right? But this Thank thing, goodness you yeah. don't. <laughs> But it's like you do know some things that they haven't experienced yet. You have a perspective that they may not have yet and vice versa. Right. But it's kind of cool because you can, God has given us each a treasure chest of life experiences, you know, where we have grown through the hard, we've grown through the good, um, but it's, we can all impart something, some wisdom, some life lesson that God's taught us. And, and just to be there, just to, to listen and to encourage, as you said. Um, that's huge. We all need that. Absolutely. You know, a place to ask questions. How did you deal with this? You know, you're 20 years ahead of me. How did you deal with this when right. this happened? Oh, you know, there's just such a freedom right. and safety in being able to ask that. Right. So that's what I get excited about. It's like, let's do that. You know, just that and, and what that can do for someone who's vulnerable or what that can do for someone who does not have it. Because um, it seems to be rare, you know, that we right. have, um, yeah. But anyways, that's that's my my little um, 
my soapbox, but um, but that's one thing we can do. Um, I think of some other things, um, support legislation. I know that some yes. people, I love to go on polarisproject.org. Um, they will often have, and you can sign up for their emails, but they'll often send out things, hey, this trafficking bill is in, uh, is in Congress right now, is in the House. Call you know, your representatives. Yep, and they'll email. tell you, they make yep. it so easy. They'll tell you exactly the numbers. You can look up where you're at and find out You know, if you don't know who they are. Um, but they they just they educate you on the bills and things like that. So that is cool. I just I think that's mm -hmm. awesome. Polarisproject.org, and then give. You can always give. I mean, we um, have various organizations in in our area that are doing the work, anti-trafficking work. Uh, whether that's toward the goal, whether that's Tusk Against Trafficking. Regionally, Rahab Ministries in Summit County, beautiful. They do wonderful work. Um, and then you've got your national organizations. You know, A21 and Polaris and. Um, Shared Hope International. I mean, these are just phenomenal organizations that are really doing the work. Um, so you can always give if yeah. that if that's one thing that you know you're looking to do. Absolutely. But those are some things that um, I think are very practical, um, and they they call for some intentionality, right. you know. So right, like we could someone could just listen to this conversation that we're having mm -hmm. and move on and not change, and you know maybe they're a little bit more aware, but maybe they're gonna just kind of forget that this ever sure, happened sure um, or someone can take this conversation that we just had mm -hmm. and they can say I can help people in my community mm -hmm. by doing this mm -hmm. I can help my people in my community by mentoring mm -hmm. I can help people in my community by partnering with a 21 mm -hmm. or Tusk against trafficking right. or toward the goal mm -hmm. I can help people in my community mm -hmm. by loving my kids mm -hmm by giving them the space they need and the framework they need mm -hmm. to have safe conversations with me mm -hmm. uh, and by loving their friends mm -hmm. and just making my home a safe place right. for that. Right. Like there are things that we can do. There are, yes, absolutely. And I think too, going back to, you know, making, normalizing conversations and making my home a safe place, making myself a safe person. I think too sometimes we won't go there because we haven't dealt with our own stuff yeah. and I think too I just want to encourage people if you're struggling with pornography there's help and there's hope um, because all of us have something that you know we've struggled with or, or are struggling with and so I think too like we have resources here at toward the goal we do small groups for men and for women um, with pornography, we partner with churches who are doing groups, um, who get it, yeah. and they've started to normalize the conversations, which is so refreshing. Yeah. Um, so you, I go ahead. And you shared a statistic earlier, Jocelyn, that I just want us to hear again: that seventy percent of men within the American mm -hmm. church mm -hmm. are regularly viewing pornography, yes. and last I saw, it was more than forty percent of women are yeah. also regularly viewing pornography. Yeah. Right. So. You're not alone. Yeah. You know, yes. if you're listening mm -hmm. to this conversation and you mm -hmm. feel trapped or stuck mm -hmm. in this cycle of viewing and feeling mm -hmm. like you need to view pornography, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. We see you. Mm -hmm. We love you. Mm -hmm. And we want you to know that if you want to walk away from that, we're here to help you. Mm -hmm. We're here to encourage you and we have resources for you mm -hmm. if you want them. Mm -hmm. But that you don't have to keep it in the dark because right. it's not this unrelatable thing mm -hmm. that oh well, I'm the only one right but you're not right and I think it's important to if that's a big step to reach out and you know 
join a small group, just to even start to go to fightthenewdrug.org and just start to learn about um, how pornography works, how it impacts. But the other people that are involved, other people that have struggled, there's personal testimonies on there. Um, It's phenomenal. There's a podcast, Consider Before Consuming. It's exceptional. Um, it's it's phenomenal. So even just stepping that stepping out and, and learning more and hearing other people's struggle mm-hmm. is just really beneficial. Um, but yeah, there's lots of um, I know joinfortify.com is another is another place. Pure Desire Ministries um, is another place. So lots of great resources, lots of help and hope for yeah. this. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's a better place to leave it than that. There's help and there's hope for every single one of us. Absolutely. You know, whether we are, you know, battling a pornography addiction mm-hmm. or we're battling a self-image struggle mm-hmm. or it is something that's going on in our family or in our life, there's help and there's hope. That's right. And if you feel like you're listening to this and you need help getting connected to that, reach out because we love you and we want you to feel safe and taken care of. And if anybody has any questions, um, they can email me at jocelyn at toward um, or get in touch with, with you, Bernice, and you can uh, lay the message or whatever. But um, visit towardthegoal.net um, and, and contact us that way as well. We'd be glad um, to answer any questions or just um, be an advocate or, or resource. Yeah, so. Well, thank you so much, Jocelyn. I really appreciate that you took time out of your week to be here uh, with us. And pleasure. We're so thankful to have your voice. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you.